Hello and welcome back to Say It Again, the Soda 2 podcast where we think back about the day and even the whole week where we might repeat ourselves once or twice and get ready for tomorrow. And of course, tomorrow is Saturday. I hope you're all ready for it. It has been a very busy week and I hope that it's a restful weekend. This is episode 16 on today, September the 27th, 2019. It has been a busy week, and we want to start out today's episode by giving a shout out to all of our students who marched last night in the Northside Torchlight Parade, a very exciting annual event here in La Crosse, an evening parade with fire trucks and floats and lights. And of course, it is a a great opportunity for all of our students who are in the middle school band to practice marching and flag twirling and to perform. We had a great time had by all. So congratulations to our marchers. In social studies class today, Mrs. Schmuck had students working on maps, Mercator maps in particular. There is a problem at the heart of map making, and so a problem at the heart of our study of and understanding of the world. And put very simply, that is that all maps are a lie. Put another way, it is to say that all maps are projections, right? And there is something lost in projection or lost in translation as we move from the three-dimensional globe Right? or even four-dimensional globe. We think about three spatial dimensions and time. Everything on Earth happens in time. There's, a, there's something lost in translation when we move from the real world, the globe, to a two-dimensional, a flat representation of it. And of course, Mercator, a map maker or cartographer, if you will, uh, discovered this problem because when he drew a map of the world, an accurate representation, he thought uh, Greenland wound up being exactly the same size uh, or even larger in some projections than the continent of Africa. And of course, using satellite technology, now we know that that is not the case, but still it's a very good example of why two-dimensional maps have an inherent flaw. And as our students begin to study the world and to study maps and the relationships between societies and cultures and countries, we need to understand that there are some challenges in the way that we look at things, in the way that we map things. And as we often do at SOTA 2, we chose to experience that inherent conflict, uh, that shortcoming, of maps and projections. And so students were busy today in class with naval oranges. Each student had an orange and a Sharpie marker and was 
assigned the task of drawing an accurate map of the world. And of course, after having accurately described and mapped the world onto a round surface, they had to peel their navel orange and flatten the peel out to make a flat map. As you might imagine, or perhaps you have experienced in your own work, flattening out an orange is as difficult as it sounds. You can't just squish it, squish it. You can't just peel it and have the pieces end up flat. The flatter you try to make it, the more pieces you end up with and the more disjointed your map becomes. And so I think, I hope, and this was of course the plan that students really experience why a two-dimensional map has to be a stretched, changed, projected view of the real world. So a great experience in social studies and students will be applying that knowledge to different maps and different styles of projection um, as they go forward. Here's a poem for today by an author named Margaret G. And the poem is titled, Navel Gazing. Afloat in a sea of abdominal swell, my umbilicus sits like a soft wishing well, a dimple tied down with a button of skin, with pockets for lint, which is all that fits in. Om fellow skepsis, or just plain navel-gazing, revealed only that, which is nothing amazing. In science class today, we continued on with our conversation about the dangers of vaping. I suppose that it was at least half science and at least half reading, so a mixed block to today. We did host our first philosophy discussion of the year. And a philosophy circle, a philosophy discussion at SOTA 2, works a little bit like this. Students will have read an article and prepared some thoughts. And in this case, we took the first 10 minutes of class for students to do that final close reading, right? Close reading three times through an article and that final time through you read every word. In particular today, I asked students to read and highlight two points that they were hoping to bring to the philosophy circle. Then all of the students bring their articles to the circle. We split the class in half, one circle in Mrs. Schmuck's room and one circle in my classroom. And we had some of our eighth graders take up a leadership role and organize the philosophy circles. Uh, and a shout out to those eighth graders that were willing to step up and help guide the conversation with questions. And students sit and discuss. And the discussion progresses because each student will make a point or ask a question. And then it is that student's job to call on a peer who has their hand raised, who wants to add another comment or perhaps speak to someone's question. We use the same guidelines that we use for a circle of power and respect. So the conversation begins with a quick wraparound 
uh, we go person to person all around the circle, introducing ourselves and saying our gender pronouns, how we would like to be called. That could be he, him, his, or she, her, hers, or some innovative combination or substitution thereof. We want all of our students to feel heard, to feel acknowledged, and like they're an important part of the community conversation. And the conversation was quite animated uh, and at times quite deep, quite profound. Students are very insightful and our students in particular, I think really pay attention to what's going on around them in the world, what they believe is right and wrong and what the dangers and challenges might be given the opportunity to, to freely express those ideas and opinions. Um, they have a lot to say. So in this case, it was very important for our eighth graders to take that leadership role. That allowed me as the teacher to step back and get out of the way so that the education could happen. Towards the end of the conversation, I visited each circle and gave them a piece to consider as they finished their discussion and moved into the reflection assignment that follows the philosophy circle. Uh, we always ask students to wrap up their thoughts um, by turning in a paragraph of writing or a page of visual notes. We consider those to be equivalent ways to express your thoughts and ideas on a topic. And the consideration piece that I gave to each of the groups was this. Imagine where will you be the first time that someone offers you a vape or an e-cigarette or a bottle of beer or something else? Will you be at home or at a party in somebody's garage or backyard? Will it come from someone that you know? Maybe a, a trusted friend? Uh, will you be with a group of people? And in that group of people, will some of your friends that you care about be trying something that you think is dangerous? Will you speak up? Will you ask a leading question? Will you just go along with things? Because of course, chemistry comes to all of us. We know that 100% of our students will have to make this choice for themselves at some point in their lives. When students arrive in middle school as sixth graders, many of them have already experienced some form of this and struggled to make what they believe is a smart and safe choice. And so I thought it was appropriate to wrap up our conversation of the current event by asking students to consider it as they might apply it to their own lives. And the students created visual notes and turned in paragraphs. I am looking forward to reading their thoughts and reflections. And those are of course due on Google Classroom Science on Monday. So if you haven't finished that up yet, please take some time this weekend to finish reflecting. It is, of course, Oktoberfest weekend. Lots of exciting things happening, and I wish you all a safe 
and restful weekend. That's all I have for today. So ask lots of questions. Get a good night's rest, or in this case, a whole weekend's worth. And we'll see you on Monday. This final note, uh, again, a shout out. Uh, we appreciate, I appreciate that uh, a number of listeners have offered some feedback, ideas, and ways to improve the podcast. Our middle schoolers are so good at telling us exactly what they think the adults in their lives should be doing better for them. And so I am making an effort to produce and publish the podcast by no later than 4 p.m. I can tell that I've already missed my deadline. I think it's 4.05, but trying to get the podcast out there earlier so that people have a chance to listen before it's bedtime. Thank you so much for listening. And of course, I do want to remind you that this portion of our podcast has been brought to you by the Midwestern Association of Pumpkin and Squash Farmers. That's right, available at your local grocery store today, Pumpkins and Squash. The American, excuse me, the Midwestern Association of Pumpkin and Squash Farmers. We're making America gorgeous again.